Charlie, how do you feel about being on the podcast? Fine. Cool. Welcome. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Rules is Written. (laughs) The D&D podcast where we learn the rules just before telling them to you. Yeah, but we won't tell you that because that's a secret. Yeah, that would be pretty bad PR if people (laughs) found out about that. Nah, we know all the rules. We've known them all since before they were written. Yeah, Gary Gagax, long-term friend. (laughs) Friend of the show. (laughs) Oh, he is not a good source for (laughs) (laughs) rules. Alright, so what is on the agenda today, JT? Movement and position. And position. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's a good topic. Yeah, it's uh, pretty key. We're covering a few things as well. Sizes. That's also being thrown in here. That'll be there. We got lots of stuff for our tabletop friends with squares and grids. (sighs) Love me some squares. All right. What's the first part? So when you're talking about movement and position, the first thing that's the most important is your speed, right? On your I character sheet. Definitely. You'll have a little speed stat. It should be in the middle. It should be 30 feet. It should be 30 feet. Nearly every race has 30 feet. Uh, a few others don't. Elves are 35. Is it? Yeah, but only if you're a wood elf. Oh, OK. Uh, a few others, halflings have a shorter speed, don't they? Yeah, that makes sense, because they're... They're 25, I they're, think? They're tiny boys. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, when you create your character, they'll have a little speed in their character creation table, and that'll be your speed, how far you can move in a turn. Yeah. And that speed will reflect the little squares if you're playing on... I thought you were going to say, will reflect the number three zero. <laughs> <laughs> Speed, which is 30. <laughs> yeah, like everyone has 30, you. by the way. <laughs> Almost everyone has 30. Yeah, so everyone laugh at the halfling. <laughs> Especially the wood elf. Yes. I've just got that, like, Skinner meme. Pathetic. <laughs> All right, what's first up? Okay, so you know how to move at this point. You can also break up your moves in combat. Uh, this is something I see people uh, fail to do quite often. Or at they least ask forget. a lot. Yeah, they ask. Yeah, they ask. Or they forget you can do it. You can totally do this, and you so, can break it up a lot. Yeah, you could in any amount really. So you could move five feet, use your bonus action, move ten feet, use your main action, and then move another ten feet because you're a filthy halfling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, breaking up your action. Keep it in mind. You don't have to use all your movement in one. Yeah. Way. So breaking up your action is just between every thing in combat you can do on your turn, like a bonus action mm-hmm. or a your action, um, well, those two things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Saying things, your free action as well. Uh, yeah, you can put an amount of movement between them, which can be very helpful sometimes. Mm. Interestingly enough, you can also move between your attacks. So a lot of people at a certain level will have extra attack. Yeah, that's true. You can move between those attacks. Although it's kind of almost self-defeating because if you move between your attacks, you're going to take an attack of opportunity. Unless he dies. All right, well, fuck me. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you marked him. <laughs> cool back. You pointed at him and you said, this guy. This guy right this here. This fucking guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. It might be less useful though. You're right. I mean, like most of the time, like you're probably just going to be hitting the same guy. You're just wailing on one poor sod. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. What if you've got different movement speeds? Well, if you have different movement speeds, that might mean something like, like you're asking like if you have something like a fly speed. Yeah, if you have a fly spell or something on you. So, 
If you use a spell, it will tell you, like, now you have 60 feet of movement flying. Yeah. You can also break that up. I mean, like, effectively, if you have that, then you are, like, you fly at 60 feet mm -hmm. per turn. And then you break that up. What about mix and matching them? If you have a fly speed, you don't lose your, like, walking speed or your climbing speed if you exactly. have climb speed. Yeah, exactly. So what if you want to swim and then climb, for example? If you've got a swim speed of 40 and a climb speed of 30. Yeah, I mean, that, that, would, that would be weird if you had separate... Like, for the most part, most people just have, like, you calculate your climbing or swimming speed. Let's say, let's put this into uh, perspective. Let's say you're a Triton, someone classes Spider Climb on you. So Tritons naturally have a swim speed of 30, and Spider Climb gives you a climbing speed of your base movement, like Dumb. your normal walking speed. So, so 30. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so in then, your example, you walk at 30, you swim at 30, and you climb at 30. Okay, but also, uh, there's a, a potion of extra climb speed that gives you an extra tempo climb speed, okay? Okay, so... It's okay. very relatable, yes. JT. <laughs> yeah. What happens in this scenario? <laughs> I need to know. All right. I have a game waiting for me. Yeah, this is a very frequently asked question to us here. Every at time I open up our inbox, it's just emails from Triton players. <laughs> Send help, game is on pause. Yeah, here's my crazy situation. Here we are, we're here to help. By the way, if you do have any questions, send them to us. Hit us up. Toby, Toby at, at rulesaswrittenshow.com. Rules is written show. We could yeah. not get the domain. <laughs> if you go to rulesiswritten.com, it's just like a fucking squat. Right? Yeah, someone's squatting on that site, so we can get it. But we got a show, which uh, is on brand, let's yeah. say. So yeah, send us emails. Once again, that's Toby at rulesofwrittenshow.com. That's the first time you've plugged your email. And here it is. Yeah, how's it feel? Uh, filthy. This is disgusting. It's scary. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a lot of like, uh, weird fucking... Like, send them in. <laughs> let's hope that like Gmail porn filter is oh, like... <laughs> All right. So what happens in my incredibly relatable scenario? Back to the incredibly relatable scenario. <laughs> so in this incredibly relatable scenario, mm -hmm. you can break up these different speeds. And okay, so I've got a climb speed of 40, swim speed of 30, let's say. Yeah, so you're swimming down this ravine and then you want to grab onto the thing, you'll probably make an ability check, which we covered in the previous <laughs> episodes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a spider climbing, you've got no weapons, but you just want to punch him. Yeah, so you're like, I guess you're like, you know, swimming down some ravine and then you climbing up onto the ledge so that you get up onto the cliff side or something. So you can go gim. So you, you can go, mark go, him. You can this fucking guy. get this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. What happens? Imagine that you have like bars. Okay. That's a very good analogy. I like that. You analogy. like that? You I like, like that? it a lot. Yeah. I came up with that myself. That's really good. Yeah. You should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine you have these meters. You have energy bars in a video game. Energy bars. Yeah, stamina bars. You have your 30 feet for your swim, mm -hmm. and then you have your 40 feet for your. I'm doing like hand gestures, but you have to just visualize it. You know. Visualize bars, guys. Yeah. And you have 40 feet of your climb. Yeah. So you're, if you're swimming first, and let's say you used all 30 feet of your swim speed, mm -hmm. then you grab onto that ledge. You've used also 30 feet of your climb, but now okay. you have an extra 10 that you can still use. So then you can use the climb 
What about if it's the other way around? What if, for whatever reason, you're climbing up to a cliffside pool? So you, you <laughs> climb up 20 feet of your 40 feet climb speed? Yes. Then how much swim speed do you have left? You will have 10. Okay. Yeah. So you've used 20 of both your swim and climb, mm -hmm. but since your swim is only 30 and you've already used 20 climbing, now you have 10 left of your swimming. Bar. So our energy bars deplete at the same rate. Yes, every energy bar. Yeah, so, so it's you're just flying foot and you're for walking foot. It's and not like you don't have to do any percentage maths or anything. It's just foot for foot, they both deplete. Yeah. Whenever you are moving, all your speeds deplete at the same rate, one yeah. foot per foot. And then whatever you have left is what you can use. Yeah, and actually in another example, you might be someone who wants to fly into combat. Mm -hmm. You have your fly speed, you go into combat, you use like, say you have like a 60 fly speed and then you land next to some guy and then mm -hmm. you fight him and then he dies and you hit him once but you got your extra attack. So <laughs> now like you use 20 feet of movement with your fly speed and you still have like 10 feet left with your walking speed. So you can use that in between moment to walk up to the next guy with 10 feet. So you, if you've got 60 feet fly speed in this example, yeah. you use 20 feet to fly into combat. Yeah. Then you have another 10 feet you can walk and 40 feet and or I should say 40 feet fly speed. So you walk that 10 foot, Yeah. then you can no longer walk. You but have you to use your fly speed. Yes. You have to fly if you want. So if you're in some kind of anti-gravity trap, whatever, you can no longer move. If you are in literally any other scenario, <laughs> yeah, that, then you can still That fly. scenario sounds like the DM doesn't like your spell anymore. <laughs> you've, you've abused it. This is your timeout. <laughs> so yeah, those, those are some pretty, let's do one more just for prosperity. For example, you have a 50 feet fly, a 40 feet climb, and a 30 feet swim. Okay, yeah, crunching <laughs> some numbers now and locked in. You fly into combat for 30 feet. Yes. And your combat is in a pool. Okay. You can no longer <laughs> swim because mm. you've used all your 30 feet of movement. You do, however, still have 10 feet of climb speed. If you were next to a cliff, you could use that. And 20 feet of fly speed. Yeah. So if you climbed 10 feet, you can no longer climb anymore but you still have 10 feet of fly speed. Yeah. Awesome, that was so extremely, there's your, there's your algebra. Break up, yeah, so D&D is all about math it's <laughs> at its core. Yeah, it's just keep, uh, keep an eye on those bars in your brain, those energy bars. Yeah, it doesn't come up very often, but when you want to mix and Yeah, this is never gonna fucking come up in a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, maybe, maybe if you're like, I don't know, it, it might come up where you're like mixing two things, but. This I could like see swim and climb, areas. maybe. Yeah. But you'll nearly always have the same swim and the same climb. Yeah. Walking and climbing, that would be the one, wouldn't it? Probably. Yeah. It's probably in the negative it. area because like when you deal with, actually in the next section, which we can cover now, is difficult terrain. Ay. So when you're walk, going through difficult terrain, this becomes uh, much more apparent because if you want to you know, climb up that cliff face, your movement now costs more. So what that means is that for every one foot that you climb this cliff face, yeah. you spend two feet of movement so you're, in your uh, energy bar. To go back to our analogy, yeah, exactly. Bollocks. Yeah. You got there first. <laughs> yeah, beat you. Yeah, it depletes twice as fast. Yeah, it depletes twice as fast. So this actually matters in the sense that you are just depleting your energy bars faster than normal. So when you get out of climbing this thing, you will have less movement. Yeah. Yeah, so after you've climbed 
on a 10 foot cliff face, then now you've spent 20 feet of your 30 feet movement. So you, you only have, have 10, 10 feet left. left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. If you have a climb speed, you just basically use your normal movement instead of it costing twice. Yeah, so that's the that's the value or the benefit of having something that says explicitly, I have a climb speed. Yeah, I same with a... swim speed. Swim speed, yeah, half your swim movement, speed. doubles the cost of the movement, I should say. Yeah, anything that is difficult terrain, something that we've covered in the environment episode. We did, we did go through it there. Is there anything else on difficult terrain? That's pretty much it. It gives examples on things that might be difficult terrain, but again, we've covered that mm -hmm. for the most part. Well, um, uh, rattle off a few. Low furniture, rubble, <laughs> undergrowth, steep stairs. Steep uh, stairs. Yeah, it's kind of a weird That's, one. I'm, I'm picturing, uh, is it Tirithon Gol? Like those just like really high yeah, stairs. Yeah, going up to Shelob's Lair in Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, or like the Ace Ventura when he's like doing the slinky down. We have a very different I feel like <laughs> I don't see the difference of these <laughs> examples. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> What's next? I think the next one is quite a big thing. Here's another one. Yeah, a lot of people will probably be asking about the rules of prone. I mean, this like, is something I see people playing wrong differently. Yes, and I have Googled this many times. <laughs> yeah, the, the answers are not always that clear. So it is pretty common that you'll be dropping prone. Like yeah, enemies will knock you down. Spells do it. Yeah, either like against you, right? If something mm. happens where it just knocks you down, or maybe you do it on purpose because you're sneaking or something like that. Like you are yeah. laying down, you're prone. Hey, it's future Toby. We said something a little bit wrong here, so I'm just gonna cut it right on out. Back to the episode. It gives, no, it gives people disadvantage. Yeah, so if you. it gives people disadvantage at a range of something you'll have to discover in the last episode because I forgot. <laughs> but close up, they have advantage on you. So yeah. if they're shooting at you, then being prone is adv advantageous. Yeah. You can go prone without costing any movement. That's so cool. you can just drop down and zero movement. But if you want to stand back up, that will... It costs amount equal to half your max movement, right? Your max movement speed, your base speed. Yeah, so that will reduce your movement by half. Yeah, so it's a one-time your... cost. If, as probably is the case for most people, your movement speed is 30, it's a one-time cost of 15 Yeah. of your base movement speed. If you have have any effects that give you more movement, it's just half your base movement speed. Yeah, and you can't stand up if you have less than that. So if you spend 20 feet of your movement already, and then you go prone, then you now don't have that 15, if your base is 30, yeah. you now don't have that 15 feet necessary to stand back up. Yeah, makes sense. So sit your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what other things have we got? So flying movement is something that we've talked about actually in detail. Yeah. We've Before. gone through that. Uh, it comes up again in combat. Episode. Um, well, viewers will have to listen to them all. <laughs> Just listen to listen them all. Will have to listen find, to them yeah, a little, little treasure trove of... If you email me the episode number, the first person to email me the episode... Toby at... Wins. Toby at... RosesWrittenShow.com <laughs> Wins a Hongbao. But they have to be on WeChat to claim it. And also a resident of the People's Republic of China. Yeah, and we're not going to explain on Hongbao. <laughs> yeah, we, we're alienating uh, anyone who's not in China. Uh, all right, what we got next? Flying speed. Yeah, so flying. Yeah, so we'll go over it briefly again. But the only special thing that comes with flying is that if your speed is reduced to zero by being knocked, or if you're knocked prone, your speed is reduced to zero and you start falling. Okay, is there anything that keeps you aloft? If you are being held aloft by magic, 
Ah, so if you Such you're... as the fly spell, then you can hover. So you'll just be unconscious hovering in the air. Can you do that if you're... No, because fly is concentration, right? Well, if someone classes fly on you. <laughs> that would just be a silly <laughs> situation. Uh, I, mean, it, what, I mean, yeah, then you're just that's unconscious. Yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, you, you fucking cracked the code, Toby. <laughs> someone casts fly on you, and you're knocked unconscious. You're just an unconscious body floating. <laughs> Hovering. All right. So you may want to house rule that one. <laughs> but if you've got wings, if you're a, what is it, Arakora, something like that, or a Aesimir. Yeah, right. Anything that has like a different means of yeah. Normal, flying. natural yeah. flying. Yeah, and maybe a lot of monsters will, this will yeah. be applicable yeah, to. Applicable to so yeah, knock your monsters that are flying prone because it would be hilarious. Full damage. Yes, if you can do that, that is too funny. It's free kills. <laughs> okay, sizes. We should probably touch on sizes before we go any further. Yeah, sizes we'll need uh, to understand for the next few things. A creature's size is going to be reflected in terms of how much space you take up. Yeah. So this is kind of based on the tabletop grid system, the yeah. five by five squares. Yep, we'll so, touch on that in a second. Yeah, each square on your thing is five by five. Your medium size character, and interestingly enough, also small size character, because lots of uh, like gnomes are small, dwarves are small. Just so that they didn't have to feel left out. Yeah, basically. You take up a five by the... five square. <laughs> You're as big as the rest of us. <laughs> Inside. <laughs> In... <laughs> I like to imagine that they just have like a really long wingspan. Because the thing about size is that it's not reflective of their height necessarily when it comes to this. It is, you're talking about, when you're talking about movement, you're talking about how much grid do you take up? Your horizontal space. Yeah. So, yeah, dwarves with really long arms, I guess. <laughs> so it's like your zone of control. Yes, how much you control. So what are what are the sizes, quickly? So tiny, two and a half by two and a half. So half a square. Half a square. If we're using a grid. Uh, small and medium, both five by five. That's one square, pretty easy enough. So yep. that's kind of like the the measuring stick for everything else. Exactly. That's everything that everything is kind of gauged on that five by five. Yeah. Then you have the large, which is ten by ten, huge, which is fifteen by fifteen, and gargantuan, which is twenty by twenty or larger. See, this always felt a bit weird to me that gargantuan is the largest and it's twenty by twenty. Yeah. Because I mean, like, yeah, if you're fighting There's something things bigger. that's like... <laughs> like, like dragons or rocks. If you fight a rock, they are huge. Yeah, if you want to have that campaign that has that, like, our campaign has dragons in them, right? I don't like the size. I make our dragons bigger. It doesn't make sense putting them in a little 20 by 20 yeah. thing. And then also, I mean, like, you can... So the space that they can take up can be larger under the laws of gargantuan. But then you get really weird stuff, like if you are, you could, if you were a size large, then you can grapple a dragon, even if I mean, it's like 50 billion times <laughs> bigger than you. Yeah, I know many people kind of house rule sizes above gargantuan. It's one of the, probably the most common DM house rules that doesn't affect players too much, but the DM will like write in. People use different words, colossal, leviathan, even like colossal plus, colossal plus plus, colossal plus plus plus. plus. <laughs> <laughs> so on, so forth. I I can Words I tend to do it big. by yeah. I tend to do it by intuition. It's like you may be a huge creature, 
but you're not you're not getting this dragon. You're not grappling a dragon. <laughs> so that's our Knock argument. Off, that's our <laughs> argument for that. We'll talk more about like what size classes mean for like certain abilities and certain yeah, things like that. Yeah, size later. classes will pop up everywhere, but yeah. the order goes tiny, small, medium, large, huge, gargantuan. Medium is the middle. There's two sizes above, two sizes below, and gargantuan on top of it all. That's yeah. kind of how I... It's all quite intuitive. Yeah. So now when you want to do something functional in terms of movement, like I want to squeeze into a smaller space, which is another rule. Yeah. You can only squeeze into spaces one size smaller than you. Okay. Which is also kind of intuitive. Uh, yeah, that's pretty simple enough. So your dragon can't fit into the Metal Gear Solid van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only imposters can fit in the van. <laughs> I've got a much older reference than you. Yeah, I, I represent the new. I represent... Move over, oh, Grandpa. What do I represent anymore? <laughs> okay. There was one more thing. Moving around creatures. I think that's kind of the last. Oh, well, before cool. we move on to that, when, okay. you, when there is extra when you're moving through, yeah. when you're squeezing through smaller spaces. Hit me with it. It costs one foot of extra movement. Uh, so it's so difficult, it's difficult terrain. terrain. Yeah. That's kind of the shorthand for it. It's difficult yeah. terrain. So when you want to move on around other creatures, mm -hmm. this is also where size matters. One of the many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, cry, Toby. <laughs> if you want to move through a non-hostile, like a friend's character, that's fine. You can just move through non-hostile creature spaces. Easy enough. Yeah. This also kind of is a little bit more tabletoppy, but you can have it come up in like... I think, I think the majority of people probably use grids when they play. I don't know. At least know. for combat. I haven't played a lot. I mean, like, I've played ones where combat uses a grid. Yeah, most, most of the times, I know there's varying levels of it. Some people will grid out an entire dungeon. Some people will have a whiteboard grid. That's a really common one. That's probably the one I've seen used the most. Yeah, you use like, like out. virtual tabletops as well. Yeah, they'll, I mean, any virtual tabletop. These days, I mean, a lot of people are probably using Roll20 and stuff. Yeah. So if you're using Roll20. Those newfangled yeah, kids! <laughs> Technology! <laughs> but yeah, I think grids are probably the number one way to play through combat. Yeah. So, well, then this is for you. If you want <laughs> Basically through. everyone but us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you no, I've played on grids. I've played on grids quite a lot. And hexes. I've played on hexes. That's weird. We'll have a whole episode on playing on grids and hexes, but we'll give a quick introduction here for them. Yeah, it'll be a thing. So if you want to move through a hostile creature's mm -hmm. space, I uh, the hostile creature has to be two sizes larger or smaller than you. So that's where size matters. Okay. And I mean, you can kind of imagine why. Like if you're way bigger than them, then you just kind of step over them. <laughs> if you're way smaller than them, you just kind of jump Sleep through the worms. Go through the hoops. Yeah. Easy enough, easy enough. Yeah, Rub those legs. It is difficult terrain. Hey, and we know what that means. One extra foot of movement per foot of movement. Yeah, that's what that means. Okay, so to cap it all off, let's talk about the grid. Yeah, now for you grid players out there, the squares, they're all five by five. Yeah, we've said that before. No, thank that you. That sounded really thank mean. You. I'm sorry. Totally. I meant to just recap. Yeah, I'm just trying to be helpful over here. Well, Damn. be better at it. <laughs> Damn. All right, be, be smarter, you guys. If anyone wants to be the new host on Rules <laughs> is Written, uh, send me... It's the only requirement. Yeah, good luck you're managing your fucking email. competent. <laughs> <laughs> See where those emails end up. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, JT. I love you. <laughs> 
Okay, so your speed is also going to be reflected by this. So every square that you move into will be five feet. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's kind of it. When you enter a square, you have to have at least one square of movement left. So like your multiples of five. Yeah. When you move diagonally, this also just counts as five feet of movement. So one square, you can move in like a queen in chess. Yeah, yeah, no, kind of. like a king in chess. No. Well, both of them move diagonally. Yeah, oh so fuck. That's fine. <laughs> I was just thinking per square of movement, you're moving like a king, but for your total movement, you're 30 feet, you're moving yeah. like a queen. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but also like a horse, because you can move diagonally. The whole analogy is broken down and I regret it from the start. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah, no more chess. This is D&D. We don't play fucking chess over here. You can move diagonally. That's the point. It costs one square to move diagonally. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. And we hate chess. Well, I mean... <laughs> Just putting that in there. Okay, well... <laughs> yeah, uh, comment your comment your opinions. We're, we're really stirring this hornet's nest, aren't we? Just start listing other things that I don't like. <laughs> it's like checkers. Mother Teresa never cared for us. <laughs> World so, hunger? It's not bad. <laughs> diagonal movement. <laughs> five square, five five feet of movement per square. Yeah, it, even though like diagonally, you would be like, I guess you should be moving more because it's diagonal. You should be moving like one point five, but Jesus Christ, that's going to get ridiculously complicated. Yeah. So in the rules as written, they said fuck Just that. Just use one. Yeah. They <laughs> fuck that. Um, and then when you want to determine where your movement starts. It starts one square adjacent to you and ends on the square that you end up. Okay, easy enough. Uh, the last little thing is, I think some people forget a lot, is corners. You cannot move diagonally if the corner of a wall is between you. So Ah, uh, yeah, right. So if, there's, if there are objects that can obstruct it, if there are objects that are adjacent to the... So if you're moving to the top right, let's say, the top right square mm -hmm. on a nine by nine, you're in the center, you're moving to the top right. You need a clear space to the top and a clear space to the right. Yeah. If the right is occupied by a wall, then you have to use 10 feet of movement to move. Yeah, you have to you have to do like a little seven. Nice hand gesture there. <laughs> <laughs> I drew a seven. <laughs> he did, uh, I can confirm that. So. And also ranges. How do you measure ranges with a... I just said that, Toby. Were you not listening? So for those doo-doo heads out there... I'm sorry, I was too busy looking at your uh, eyes. I don't know. <laughs> They're beautiful. Yeah, the range, it starts from the square adjacent to you, and then it ends on the square that you want to end up on. And then you count the shortest route to get there. Okay. Or, I, I mean, you count the route that you're taking if you wanted to take a different route. Okay, easy enough. All right, so before we go... Yep. I got a listener question for you. <gasps> yeah. Our first one! They do love us. <laughs> there is an audience. <laughs> so What is it? Aiden asks, what are the doses slash usages of a potion? Is it one drop or is it the whole thing? Okay, so most potions and poisons and any liquids will have a usages written in the DMG. That's where most of the items, the, like the base items you'll find. So all the healing potions, they are written as you drink the whole thing. Yeah. So they are a one use. Pretty much every potion is a one use. There's a few other wondrous items. Yeah, sometimes they describe like multiple usages, yeah. right? So if it's like It'll you, can, say you have this 16 thing usages. It has X amount of usages. Now, um, you can fluff it. 
Totally. If you've got one, if you've got someone who's got a barrel kind of... of healing potion, <laughs> <laughs> chuck, chuck, yeah, chuck, put chuck. in that straw, <laughs> carry it around. But yeah, if you've got a great a potion of superior healing and you have a little cut or something, and you just want to like put a drop of that on your cut for fluff reasons, yeah, go for it. We do stuff like that all the time. Yeah. So I guess that depends on the rules of your game. If you're talking strictly rules as written, then the long and short of it, or the the short of it is. <laughs> Just that it is what it says on the item description. Yeah, so nearly everything, especially potions, is one use. Yeah. Single use. You use it and then you're done. It's a few other things like ointments or rare potions. You may have extra usage. Yeah. But if it's cool with your DM and you guys, like, you know, have a thing going, you can trust them <laughs> <laughs> to give you a little bit of extra extra healing exactly. potion. Then maybe you can break up a healing potion or something like that. Maybe you can make something work. Yeah, you could definitely, if you only want to drink half your potion, you could use half the D4s. Because they all give D4s. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the base potions anyway. So ask your DM, check if you can break it up. I don't see a reason why you couldn't, really. Unless yeah, I feel like that kind of makes real life sense yeah, as well. Yeah, if you want to just drink half a potion, that's fine. But it, it will begin to expire after you've unsealed it. <laughs> you got to listen for the pop. <laughs> yeah, once you've unsealed it, now it only has like, you got, like three, three days. <laughs> Oh man, alright, I think that's it. I think we're good for this episode. Yeah, send us any more questions that you have. Toby um, at rulesofwrittenshow.com Toby at rulesofwrittenshow.com <laughs> Send them to me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, Take and care. that's a wrap. See ya! Bye!